Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Um, all's going to be grand. That's it now. Are we too apathetic though? Is it to our detriment in this country? Harry McCann is the director of Move Fast Media and it's something that he's been talking about quite recently. Harry, are we just far too apathetic? Do we just accept everything? I think I think we've just come to believe that things could be worse so there's no point in really complaining about the situation that we're in. And yeah, it's, it's just a tad bit frustrating now because I think we are facing some big problems and what actually sparked this, this whole conversation was that I put up a tweet about the fact that I was filling up my car during the week and I was paying nearly two euros for a litre of petrol and I was like a couple of weeks ago there was outrage and uproar about this people were complaining and protesting and everything and the government put it back down again and now nobody seems to be concerned about the fact that it's rising and rising again and somebody came back and goes oh it could be worse and I was like well I don't think it could be worse I was like I really don't think it has been any worse so I, I think we've kind of just come to accept what unfortunately isn't a great situation in a lot of a lot of different parts of life now. And I think we, we kind of need to stand up and speak out a little bit more. Columnist of the Irish Daily Mail, Philip Nolan, is joining us as well, Harry. Philip, do you think we're too apathetic? Absolutely. I mean, I think we've been apathetic since the foundation of the state. As I've often said, you know, the 1916 Rising was supposed to take place on Easter Sunday, but we finally got around to it on the Monday. And I think that kind of became part of our institutional DNA that we expect delays, we expect cost overruns, nobody gets fired when anything goes wrong. I mean, I was just checking there again. The The initial cost of the two Lewis lines was €728 million, Euro, but they didn't meet up in the middle of town. And when it came then to actually connecting them together with Lewis Cross City, that cost €368 million. Now, I know that there were significant engineering challenges in the city centre. Sellers had to be reinforced. A bridge had to be built. But the point is, why did it not all meet up at the start? Why did we have to build the M50 twice? Why is the Children's Hospital now the most expensive hospital ever built anywhere in the world? And we just kind of go, oh, yeah, OK. Sure, grand. Yeah. Sure, it'll be and, great and, uh, when it's there. And, and, and unfortunately, I think part of the problem in Ireland is that because there are so many of these situations and so many things like this that the the outrage cycle is very short because another major outrage comes along too quickly to ever deal with the one that went previously and successive governments in particular just keep their heads down their their sole purpose is to protect themselves and the state it's not to actually deliver services or to deliver them in any coherent way and they just know that eventually people will just forget as harry says and they'll move on and next week it'll be the 210 euro liter of petrol and people go well you know yeah it could be 250 and you know the airport is an interesting point mm. because people are going away this summer and so we're not apathetic when it affects us directly but when it's the, the, the broader picture i think we definitely are but do, do we really want though harry a nation of complainers can you hear me okay, Harry? You can. I think we do. I think we do need a nation of complainers. I think that there's there's too many situations out there at the moment that require complaining and that if we don't speak up about it, things are just going to continue to get worse. And as, as Philip rightly mentioned, too often we look at a bad situation and go, well, it could be worse. But realistically, the situation is bad and we, and we need to take action against them. You know, I'm, I'm reading this morning about the fact that one third of parents say their children have gone without food and two thirds are saying they... They have to go out without essentials like clothing and heat. I think it's time to start giving out about things. I think we've reached a situation where 
you know what, if we don't speak up, it's going to continue to get worse and worse. And it mightn't necessarily be for you or me, but it is for other people. And as Philip pointed out, the airport outrage this week was interesting because it's directly affecting people who are going off on their sun holiday mm. and they're annoyed and frustrated. But what people don't realise is the fact that when things are going up and the cost of living is going up, which it has been increasingly so for the last few months, it's affecting people in bigger ways than missing out on your sun holiday or missing out on the bus or missing out on Wi-Fi in your home. It's, they're big issues and I just think that we've kind of come to accept far too much now and I'm not, look, I'm not asking for a political rebellion here. I'm not saying that you should vote out the government and vote in the opposition. I'm saying generally we should be asking for better because we can do better. But when you look at other countries though, um, comparably Philip, like we don't take to the streets actually an awful lot. Like we're not really a big nation of protesters. Um, and I wonder, is that a generational thing? Like will that, change for the next generation coming through. And a lot of the reason why things nowadays have probably become a little tamer in that respect is that people have so many different outlets to express their outrage, but most of them can be done from your armchair. Uh, whereas when I was in my, let's say, early 20s, I think we were on the streets every other week from stupid stuff like, you know, a library in Rathmines College where I was studying at the time to PAYE demonstrations, to anti-apartheid demonstrations. I mean, I remember being outside Lansdowne Road trying to protest uh, the apartheid regime in South Africa when the Irish team was going to go touring there or the Lions one or other. I remember being outside uh, the gates of a Simon and Garfunkel concert leafling it uh, against the abortion referendum in 1983. We took to the streets. But like you don't really have to anymore. Like there have obviously been some protests, mm. but again, if you look at the biggest one that actually affected change in the past few years, it was the protest by pensioners against the means testing of medical cards. And who were those people? They were the people who, like me, were on the streets in the seventies and the eighties. So I think we genuinely do need to reassert our right to physically protest outside the doll on O'Connell Street, on Molesworth Street. Just get out there and shout. It's the only thing they take any notice of. Well, with the other side of that too, though, Twitter I, or, or Harry, I should say, maybe more for for the the other generation is that you've so many, as Philip pointed out, social media outlets and platforms now that I imagine maybe a lot of that generation tend to voice their protest on that. Yeah, and I, I think they do, and I think it, it does work. And I look, I, I've often said that, you know, that one of the benefits of being one of the most connected generations in the history of the world is that you can actually, you know, voice your opinion and, and be heard and use that for good and not just Snapchat and, and, and TikTok. It can be used for positive things. I think Phil's right, though. I, I think we've probably just come to to think that's enough and I don't know if that's enough anymore. I don't think the message is getting out there because what happens every day of the week is a tweet goes viral or a post goes viral. We talk about it continuously and then we move mm. on to the next thing. Whereas, you know, people people understand when, you know, they can't get their bus or they can't get into work because there's people protesting on the street and it's annoying and it's frustrating and it causes for actual action to be taken. I think that's what it is, you know. And look, we can't, you can't stand up for every cause. You can't fight every battle. But I think we probably now come to a situation where we're, we're fighting very few of them, if any at all. Um, and that we probably just need to, to get back into it, you know. And there, I, I heard the the prayer during the read the serenity prayer to, to grant me the peace to know the things that we cannot change and I'm going to go and I think that we've probably come to think that we can't change anything anymore where I think there's a lot of things we can change if we put our minds to okay. it. Some of the listeners thoughts on this today this texter on 53106 says we just make a joke of everything in this country rather than actually mm-hmm. try to fix it just look at mm-hmm. the Lewis as Philip pointed out another listener says I remember being out with an American friend and I was absolutely mortified when she complained about a meal that we had we'd rather just twinge about it 
to everybody else. Whereas she actually she actually complained, did something about it and fixed the problem. 53106 is the number. Danny is on the line. Danny, what do you think? Are the Irish too apathetic? Uh, yeah, in a nutshell, I think it's one of our biggest stumbling blocks. Um, actually, that restaurant one's a good example where we will tend to, even if the meal is absolutely horrendous, we'll just kind of sit there, grin and be like, oh, yes, grand, and then we'll go out and give out to everybody else about it. Absolutely. We, I think, I'd say when probably well over half the population do that. I'm one of them. And, and I think a lot of it has to do kind of with rocking the boat, that kind of if anybody stands up, somebody's, even with the humour and the joke, and that there's always somebody with a quick quip which will stop that person then from maybe standing I mean how many times would you see it in different like when you even when you think of it with sports whenever somebody stands up and says actually lads we can do better than this or we could do so much more that somebody will tend to respond yeah but we're here we're happy to be here like it's there always seems to be kind of that counter to it where we want to do better there's always the like you said ah sure it's fine we're, aren't we here anyway so we don't need to worry about it would are you in favour though of becoming you know a, a bigger nation of complainers? Like, is that the other? Is there is there a, you know maybe a, a problem that we might go too far the other way though, Danny? I think it's a case of the way like kind of way, the the way we complain or what we complain. Like, I mean, we are kind of a nation of complainers, but it's more that our energy in complaining is focused on stuff that can't really be changed. And like, it's it could be a million and one different things we complain about, but we then we tend not to kind of focus on stuff that matters or kind of it's the general weather's terrible or that kind of thing that we complain about stuff that it's almost generic stuff we are notorious for giving out about. Emily, what do you think? Do you agree with Danny? Can you hear me okay, Emily? No, I think she's uh, think she's gone. We'll try and reconnect there with Emily. 1800-453-106 is the number if you do want to get uh, in touch with us. Is it generational, Danny? Um... <sighs> That one's a bit eye-opening in terms of, like, you'll see, I don't think so. I think it's more to do with the individuals. Like, you'll see, like, I'm, I'm in my 30s, say, 20s, 30s, and kind of growing up in that kind of era where, like, you'll see where people want to look beyond their horizons and there'll be someone saying, ah, now, just maybe don't. Or if there's a different attitude to certain things, it's like, oh, look at that guy trying to be different. There's uh, There tends to be a backlash from that point of view. Like, in terms of generational... I, I don't I don't think it's so much that but I think it's more kind of yeah just the individuals and the approach they take with it Emily is the ah sure it's grand attitude is it uniquely Irish do you think um, well I would say the English are slightly better at complaining about things and Americans are excellent at getting the point over you know but I know that when I was say in my 30s I was very low to, to do that sort of thing you know it's only as I got a bit you know more mature from 40 onwards that I would actually say something or complain but I think you know from my own experience that when you go out for a meal or something like that and you, you point out something wrong it's like you're almost you know looked on as a whinger or a mm. moaner what are you and, moaning about yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas if you pay for a service you have every right yeah to complain and you should get now I'm going to drop, drop names here Lidl and Aldi are excellent about complaints you know. They deal with them well, do they? Yes, very, very well. Do you know what I mean? And um, But I, I think too, as a nation, maybe, and I don't know if people will agree with me on this, that we lack the confidence to stand up for ourselves sometimes. Okay. In what way, Emily? Um, you know, as I said, you know, actually making complaints and saying this isn't right. You know, I'm not happy with this. Um, yeah, so I think it takes... No, I could be wrong. People probably shout me down over that, you know what I mean? But um, 
I think we have to wise up and, and be a bit smarter about you know okay. our services. Definitely, and make our voices heard. Now, not in a in a, a nasty way, but you know, just get the point over that I'm, mm. I'm not accepting this. You know. Okay. Would you agree with that, Philip? Yes, I do. And I think as well, um, you know, we, we definitely should complain. But equally, I think that there's no need to go from, you know, zero to 10 in, in one go. Uh, and certainly nobody in this day and age wants to be overheard demanding to speak to the manager because that's become a very pejorative kind of term. But no, of course, we should stand up for ourselves. And if you've paid for something and you haven't got the service, then of course, that's fine. You should complain. My, my one problem I find in restaurants is that, you know, unfortunately, the person who serves you tends to be much younger and it's never their fault and they're often the ones who get the brunt of it mm. and that kind of irritates me you know you really should go discreetly to the desk and have that conversation there I hate seeing people rude to waiters waiting staff I hate it you know there's a text in here from a listener who says regarding complaining um, I actually differ with your contributors being overly accepting is not a problem in the north they complain about everything be careful what you wish wish for says this texter uh, <laughs> Jeremy is on the line as well Jeremy do you think the efficiency of other countries abroad that's actually well, uh, overstated it's a pity you can't get your blinkers off and look at Germany for instance the, the, the Berlin airport is in case in point it was finally opened last year after seven years or something like that of wrangling. It sounded a perfect plan on the, on paper. There were three existing airports, which there wasn't enough, you know, uh, the, and they decided to replace them with one. But the minute the, the huge project got going, the fellow in charge, some politician, says, oh, this is too expensive. And he gave the job to somebody else. And they were about to open the thing. It was about 10 weeks before completion, before the shiny thing. They then noticed that, oh, there's no fire thing. It took a lowly um, bureaucrat from the local authority to say, now we're, we're going to inspect your fire safety thing. They then noticed, oh, crumbs, we don't have one. And then they noticed, oh, the doors, every single door had the wrong number on. It was, you know... So anyway, loads, loads, loads of problems there, but however, too. What, what stuns me is the Irish media, and I tried... To, it, was, it was in the Irish Times, Derek Scally wrote the story, but the Irish media just were loath to cover it. I contacted several media outlets here to say, you know, come on, this is, let's, have a, let's have a bit of fun, if nothing else, to show that we're not as efficient as we claim to be. Well, but nobody wants to touch it. But do, do you think... Isn't well, that interesting? Yeah, well, whatever about the, maybe the, the, the Berlin... There's no conspiracy in the Irish media not to cover the opening of Brandenburg Airport. No, but Barry, you. why didn't you cover the, the growth of inefficiency? But I, I, like, I, I, if I know about it, of course media have covered it because I've obviously read about it. I mean, it's been ongoing for years. Sure, it's, it's not, It hasn't been a secret in the media in this part of the world, for heaven's sake. Did you cover it? Did you? Did, did I? No, I'm talking to the gentleman there. I know who he is. No, I, didn't, pers- no, I didn't personally cover it. No, I didn't. But I, mean, like, I know what, all of it. What, what do you cover usually? I write about all sorts of stuff, to be perfectly honest with you, including travel okay. as it happens, but I just hadn't been to Germany Listen, that period. Jeremy, aside from all of that, though, in Berlin Airport, um, do, do you think, are we a good nation of complainers or do we need to complain at all? Well, I think the, the problem is if we can't complain at the time, we just forget it. Okay. So, just like you with the bus yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was flat out complaining. I have no bother, yeah. no, no bother no, complaining. 24 hours to complain. 
I w- no, I complained. No, there, there isn't a there, there isn't a, a system here where you can. It's it's brilliant in England. It's like okay, every like for instance, LBC Radio in London that I listen to. Um, if you have a if you have a well, well, one of the great things anyway about say public transport in England is that everybody uses it. So, for instance, both air and I bet you, if you did a survey in Leinster House, there wouldn't the the uh, the 166, there's too many of them, mm. uh, TDs, I'd say a minuscule amount of them ever use yeah. the service, oh, just know, like the local authority people. Yeah. Certain, no, well, like that's, that is a fair, that, 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 is, that is a fair point, Jeremy, to be fair to you. I doubt many of them use it, but I'm sure they'll argue that it mightn't suit the times, which could be a discussion for another day. Listen, we'll have to leave it there, though. Jeremy, Emily, uh, Philip Nolan, Danny and Harry McCann, thanks a million for joining us on the programme. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you think that the Irish are apathetic? Are we just far too accepting? Is the Asher its grand attitude to our detriment? 53106 if you want to get in contact. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.